Welcome to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, master certified life coach, teacher, and recovering supermom, Tori Henderson. Hello and welcome to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. I hope you're doing well. I am here today to answer a question from somebody about their teenager and vaping. So if you are interested in hearing how this is going to go, then stay tuned. I'm going to read the question and then we'll answer the question followed by Supermom Kryptonite and the Supermom Power Boost of the day. So the question goes like this, Dear Tori, I just found a vape pen in my son's backpack. I confiscated it, but I haven't said anything to him about it. I know I need to say something, but the only word that keeps coming to my mind is idiotic. (laughs) Can you help me figure out what to say to my 14-year-old smoker? Well, I thought this was a great question and certainly one that was is going to be very timely for a lot of us who are have teenagers and or kids who are approaching those teen years. So I thought who better than to ask to help me answer this question than Marlena Meheran. So Marlena Meheran is the Tupi Project Coordinator for Nevada County. Now, this is the Tobacco Use and Prevention Education and Peer Education programs that she oversees for all the middle and high schools throughout the county. She is a credentialed teacher and is passionate about supporting parents to take an active role in preparing their children for the teen years. Sounds like a great person to have us help us out today. So welcome, Marlena. Thank you, Tori. I'm really excited to be here. I am excited too. And also, I would say this is your job title, but you are most famously known for, in my mind, as being my best friend who grew up across the street from me. (laughs) And we are still finding ways and excuses to work together and partner together today. So... Absolutely. My proudest accomplishment is being your best friend. (laughs) That's great. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So I look for opportunities to have you and join me on these conversations because we both just love like topics about helping teens navigate these crazy years and helping parents deal with these crazy teens. So, so glad to have you here. And you've been working with tobacco use prevention education for a while now. Can you help out this client with her dilemma where she hasn't, she's found the vape pen, but she hasn't said anything yet? Where the heck should she begin? Yeah, I think that before I really address her question, it's important to actually take this moment to provide a little bit of education to your parents listening about vaping and what the concerns are with vaping. Because just like with you know, when we're talking about cell phones and how do we support our kids in making safe and healthy choices with them since we didn't have them when we were teenagers, same thing goes for vaping. You know, this is a fairly new product and it really has become quite an epidemic throughout think, our country. I think that's probably why she doesn't know what to say because she doesn't really have a lot of information about it. So I Absolutely. think that's a great place to start. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, the way she asked the question is telling of how she thinks about it as a parent compared to how young people think about it. Because she ended her question by saying, What should I do about my smoking 14-year-old? And I can tell you from having talked to hundreds of middle schoolers and high schoolers, they do not call it or consider it smoking. 
Hmm. So that's a very interesting distinction. And it's a marketing strategy from the companies that make vape pens to separate those two things out that this is like the healthy choice. It's not bad like smoking. And, you know, this is a very well planned strategy that they use. So it's not surprising that young people don't see it as smoking. But I want to explain a little bit what vaping is and why it's something to be concerned about. And then I'll talk about what she can do now that she has discovered that her son is either experimenting with it or using it regularly. So vaping is a term that we use to describe smoking on an electronic nicotine delivery system. Okay. And basically, they all work in the same way. They are a device that is either born or born bought, uh, filled with the liquid that's inside, or they fill it themselves, the user. So they always have some kind of, we call it e-juice or e-liquid. They always have some kind of battery that heats up that liquid and then some sort of absorbent material like cotton that absorbs that liquid when it's heated up, the user inhales on it, and it turns into a vapor. Even the term vapor is misleading because when the chemicals are heated up, the e-juice, it actually converts to an aerosol. So it actually isn't truly a vapor, but again, that's a marketing strategy. It sounds much healthier to think of vaping than aerosoling, right? When we think of aerosol, we think of things like hairspray or, you know, spray paint or that sort of thing. So the one big difference between vaping and smoking cigarettes is that there is no tar. So when you see like the yucky black smoker lungs of someone who has smoked for maybe 40 years, that's because of the tar in cigarettes. And it is true that e-juice does not produce that tar. The big risk with vaping is the nicotine. Lots of times young people believe that they are smoking a product that does not have nicotine in it. The reality is the vast majority of products do, even if they claim to be nicotine-free, because up until now, they have not been regulated by the FDA. So a company could claim that they have, I always love when they use organic uh, e-juice that's nicotine-free, you know, it's maybe chamomile and this. Um, Most of the time, they do, in fact, have nicotine. What's so worrisome about that is that the strength of the nicotine in these devices is extraordinarily potent most of the time. So right now, today, the most popular device that young people are using is what's called the Juul, J-U-U-L. Looks like a flash drive. So we call that a stealth device where it looks like something other than what it is. Um, I've heard stories of young people charging their flash drives in class, which If you really stop and think about that, you know, we don't normally have to charge a flash drive, but, you know, asking their teacher, hey, I need to charge my flash drive when in reality they were charging their vape pen. Um, I did not realize that vape pens were something that needed a charge. You said they're electric, so I guess that makes sense. Yeah. So the the first generation devices, the big mod-based systems, that's what we call them, the ones that produce that huge plume of vape that you might see, Uh um, those have either batteries in them or a rechargeable battery. Uh The devices that most young people use today, these closed circuit devices like the Juul or a Soren is another one that's very popular. It looks kind of like a little tiny highlighter pen. Those are rechargeable. You can charge them, you know, right on your laptop Or sometimes they even have, you know, little portable charging devices for for the Juul or the electronic vaping device. 
and they're designed so that students can use them anywhere. So uh, daily, students yeah. are vaping in but class. I can imagine they can, um, you know, put them in their pocket and sneak them into places so easily. Like we're right. Know. Well, and they they produce such a small amount of vape that it's almost unnoticeable. So students will take a little hit on their vape device and blow it into their hoodie or lean down to their backpack and blow it into their backpack. And so my daughter, who is now a senior as of a couple of days ago, she sees students doing this every single day at high school. It is a widespread problem. I talk to principals daily about them not knowing how to address the number of students that are using these devices. And the reason it is spreading so fast and why they are seeing more and more students of it. One is because of the flavors. If any of you have ever smelled the flavors of a a vaping device, they smell really good. They smell like candy. So they're very drawn to that. The other reason why it's becoming such an epidemic is because of how highly addictive it is. Mm. The amount of nicotine that's in a Juul device, and those are always, you can only use a Juul cartridge with it. They always have nicotine. can be the equivalent to a pack of cigarettes. And I've talked to high school students, they could go through two, three, four cartridges a day. And the way that it hits their brain is much faster than with a cigarette. Okay, wait, let me make sure I want to get Mm -hmm. this. Okay. Yes, I know. I'm sharing a lot of information quickly. So you said one cartridge is about three to four packs of cigarettes worth of nicotine. No, let me clarify. One cartridge is the equivalent to a pack of cigarettes. Okay. But some students or young people are going through multiple cartridges a day. So what's interesting is how they use the device is different from a cigarette. Because with a cigarette, there's a start and an end to it. So you light Mm -hmm. it, you smoke it, it's done. With a vaping device, there is no start and no end. So they're sucking on them literally all day long. Um, And so that nicotine is going into their system all day long. And why that's such a big deal is because up until about the age of 25, our brains are still developing. So up until the time of that brain development completion, we're just much more prone to addiction. And that's addiction of any kind. So they're more likely to get addicted to nicotine. And then that also primes their brain to be more likely to become addicted to other drugs. And it also can almost rewire and reprogram the way that their brain is developing. So it's really, it's, right. I, I find it scary, the amount of nicotine that's going into their, you know, developing bodies and, you know, kind of waiting to see what the long-term effect of that is going to be, because the reality is we don't know. Um, they haven't been around think, long enough. Yeah. Hearing like the way I think about it is that the brain forms around whatever substance you introduce to it during the adolescent years, whether it's a medication, alcohol, tobacco, anything that alters the brain, that the brain kind of forms around it and so then builds this kind of dependency on it, where if you wait until after 25, then you can still become addicted, but it's more of like a social addiction rather than the brain actually kind of forming around it. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, the studies show time and again that with any substance, whether it's alcohol, marijuana, nicotine, harder drugs, that the majority of the people who become addicted to them do so before the age of 18. After the age is about 90%. Yeah, about 90% become addicted before the age of 18. So um, that's one of the messages that I share with young people is the longer you can delay trying these things, the better, because the less likely it's going to affect your brain development and the less likely you're going to become addicted to it. 
So that's kind of an overarching picture of vaping. If parents want more information on understanding really what the health risks are, um, because there's other things too. I've talked to young people who have developed pretty significant pneumonia from vaping because all of that fluid pools in their lungs and their lungs have no way to get rid of it. One young man I was just talking to had been hospitalized with pneumonia from just from vaping. Really? So So it's not like they're catching it from somebody else. It's just... No, it's from vaping. It's from the fluid. You know, it cools down and it turns into fluid and it pools in the bottom of their lungs and our lungs are designed to breathe air. That's it. Um, (laughs) So they have no way to get rid of it. Wow. My guess is long-term, we're going to start seeing even more problems, health problems that you know, are emerging from people vaping for longer periods of time. But if parents want a, a bigger picture of what this looks like and to hear from some young people about it, I actually have a great resource for them. It's a short video called uh, Tobacco Vaping and Marijuana, A Parent's Guide to a New Epidemic. And if they just I'll go, put it in the show notes so they can... That's great. It's on YouTube and it provides, you know, even more information about this. But mm-hmm. getting back to, to our mom here who has just found a vape device is, you know, disgusted by it, which is a really normal reaction. Idiotic uh, was the word. Idiotic was the word. Although, interesting, I also talked to a lot of moms who are like, eh, it's not that big of a deal. It's not nearly as risky as smoking. Yeah, um, and yeah. that's why it's so important to educate the parents too, because it's simple. It's simply not true. It is. And very, I think our kids are really the guinea pigs here because they are the guinea pigs new and we don't really know the risks and we're learning. <laughs> right. Well, and I even heard somebody the other day bringing up the fact that they're vaping out of these plastic devices that were produced under who knows what conditions. Just inhaling something heated up in that is most likely bad for their right. bodies. Uh, You're not supposed you know, to just, put like plastic in my Right, just that alone. But there's other chemicals in the fluid. There's you know things like formaldehyde and acetone and I mean, things that are just really not good to be ingesting. So, so getting back to our mom, I think that she definitely should talk to her son about it. I think that a great starting point is making sure he's clear on the health risks of vaping and that he doesn't think that, you know, oh, it's not a big deal. It's not like smoking or, you know, I'm doing the nicotine-free device, you know, so there's no risk there. So really making sure he's educated on it. But I'd also find out why he's tried it. You know, how often is he using it? Why was he drawn to it? What does he like about it? I mean, kind of getting to the root of that Mm-hmm. Does he feel like he's already addicted to it? And then kind of going from there, if it's the case where he's already addicted to it, well, then what can we do to try to get him to stop? Because obviously the sooner he tries to stop, the better. It's much harder to quit something the longer that they're using it. If he's not addicted to it, if he's just tried it once or twice, well, then getting to the root of that, why did you try it? Did you feel like everyone was doing it? You know, was it a peer pressure kind of situation? Mm-hmm. Was it curiosity? Is he feeling super stressed? I talked to a lot of teens where that's their reason for using it is they're so stressed with trying to juggle it all that it helps them temporarily while they're studying and doing their homework to be, you know, sucking on that date pen. The irony is, is that nicotine actually increases anxiety and stress the second it starts wearing off with where with something like that. We're talking about a matter of minutes. Um, So it becomes this kind of vicious cycle. That's the addiction piece. That's the addiction piece. If I don't have it, then my anxiety is even higher than it was before. Right. And that's what we talk to students about when they are sneaking in in class. 
Like, why are you sneaking it? Are you sneaking it because it's kind of exciting to vape in class unbeknownst to your teacher? You know, like the thrill of getting away with that. Mm -hmm. Are you doing it in class because you can't make it through a 50 minute period without starting to, you know, have that nicotine craving? Yeah. Like what's the reason behind that? Um, So I just want to stop here because this is such a good point. So in my podcast, I do the parent education answer, right? Which you just gave us so brilliantly, right? Is what do do I need to say? Okay. So you got to go to your son and you ask him, so what's going on? How long have you been doing it? How, How often? How much do you feel like you need? All these great questions. But then the life coaching answer comes in and says, well, what's going to get in my way from being able to ask questions in the way that you just did so easily, which was very casual and open and like, so let's just, you know, open up a dialogue about you and right. Well, the thing that's going to get in the way, I think, of a lot of moms is, well, one, I think the ignorance and not knowing what, what to say would certainly be an obstacle. But the second thing would be, what do you make it mean about you when you find your son with a vape pen? Right. Get in your way from being able to have a casual, open conversation. Because if you're like, oh my gosh, I'm a terrible parent. If my kid's vaping and uh, the world's going to hell in a handbasket, well, then you're not going to be communicating very openly and casually, right? Or if you're making it mean that, you know, now your kid's going to be a drug addict and he's going to be laying on the couch when he's 25 and, you know, have no career, no job, no future, like doing that futurizing and catastrophizing. We've got to really watch out for what's going on inside mom's head when, I'm going to say when, because I think almost all parents are going to find a vape pen or vape paraphernalia, or it feels like they're just going to have to deal with this. If not with your kids, your kids' friends might be dealing with it. Like We're just going to say when, not if, because it seems like it's so prevalent in today's young the culture of young people so like i think that conversation should be something that everybody has and the way to get over is to really pay attention to what if i was to find this on my kid what would i make that mean about me and how can i kind of clean that up so that i can see that oh this is just something that my kids are going to be dealing with this is like you know I don't know what, what's the equivalent that we had when we were kids? Cause well, it's probably like, I would say it's like trying a beer. You go to yeah. a party and you try a beer. Like it's, it's not seen as a big deal. It's seen mm-hmm. as kind of cool. And the reality is it is absolutely everywhere. So it's not the same, it's not the same population that you would traditionally think of at a high school, for example, that gets hooked on smoking cigarettes. It is across all groups. And I see. so, you know, I think that, uh, and again, it's so much harder when we're talking about your own kid. Like, <laughs> hypothetically, it is so much easier to be like, oh, I would talk reasonably and calmly, like you're saying. And of course, it's so easy to go to the, oh my gosh, now they're going to be smoking pot on the couch every day. And then next they're going to, you know, be hooked on meth and, um, or what are people going to think or all of that. But the reality is, I, I mean, you take it from me as someone working in this industry, I talk to parents every single day who are so surprised that their child is trying this. And what's the bummer about the vaping epidemic is that it's having kids try it who never would have gotten hooked on smoking cigarettes. Mm. And so it's, you know, it's pulling in a whole new population of kids that would not have become smokers, but are going to become vapors. Right. And so I think, yeah, trying to realize that 
you know, the companies that make these products, it's big tobacco. It's the same companies that own the cigarettes. And their advertising is a billion dollar a year industry. Um, So they are very, very good at what they do. So if your child is trying it, it's because there are people spending billions of dollars trying to convince them that they should. And that's hard to, that's hard to counter. Um, But I do think that just with, you know, any issue that comes up connected to our teens, the calmer we can remain and trying to keep those lines of communication open, it's just critical um, to make sure that they're getting the information and to figure out why they're doing it in the first place. So what do you think, what's a thought that a parent could think that would help them feel calm and communicate kind of clearly and openly? But like, like I'm just thinking, like if I went to my 15-year-old and said, like, there's some health risks that I want you to be aware of, she would not want to know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. not even about vaping, about anything. Like, did you know there's beta carotene and whatever? Like she would not be interested in anything I have to say about health because she's 15 and I'm her mom and I, she doesn't like that I tell her what to do and that I know stuff she doesn't know, right? So like, what do you think do, that I could think in my head that would make me feel calm, relaxed, and just communicate something without being worried about how she's going to react or whatever? Yeah, I think, you know, the more we can remind ourselves how typical it is for our teens to not really value what we say and um, to think that they know more than we do, it can be helpful that this is developmentally very common. I think a good strategy would be instead of sitting down and saying, hey, do you know the health risks or have you done this is to go sort of in the back door of, what do you know about vaping? You know, I keep hearing about it. Do you really think it's as common as they say? Like, have you seen it at school? Do you know people who've tried it? What do you think about that? Do you think it's uh, unhealthy? And depending on what they say going from there, so if they're like, it's no big deal, everyone does it, you know, well, then maybe that would be a great time to sit down and watch this video I just mentioned together where there's young people talking about their personal struggles with nicotine addiction and all of that, where it's not then the parents saying that it's coming from a third party, which oftentimes is more effective. Right. I think that makes a whole lot of sense because especially because, you know, we're all kind of just learning. I mean, not you, but like the rest of us are all learning about this for the first time. So even if we did communicate it, we probably wouldn't do it so great. But a video that we could watch together and kind of putting us both on the same side, like, what do you think this vaping is all about? And do you even know what it is? And like, have you learned anything about about it. And then you could kind of learn together without communicating. Like, I am the authority. You need to listen right. to me. I know more than you do, which it tends to make teenagers, you know, have the gag reflex. <laughs> well, and I think even coming from the approach that I don't know very much about it, like we didn't have this. I keep hearing about it. You, you know, you're the expert. You tell me, what do you know about it? Because chances are just in the last couple of years, I mean, I know in our local schools up where I live and just across the country, schools are working super hard to educate students. And I've already seen a big shift from when I started talking about vaping a few years ago to today, where they really are more knowledgeable for the most part than they were. So chances are most of the teens out there have more accurate information on it than they did a couple of years ago. And that would be a good thing to find out. Where is their knowledge level on all of this? Yeah, and where is it coming from? Do they have peer educators at their school? Do they right. have coming in? 
The next segment in my podcast is the super mom kryptonite, which I call like an invisible energy drain that you might not know is making you tired. And I think a great one for this subject is this kind of head in the sand approach. Like mm-hmm. I think we, you know, we kind of think, oh, ignorance is bliss. And if I don't, what I don't know can't hurt me. But I think we kind of, sometimes there's that nagging sensation when you're like trying not to think about it or trying to avoid something. You know how that's like, you're trying not to, 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 I guess, think about something and it just feels like it kind of never goes away and it always kind of creeps up. And as soon as you have, you know, that white space in your brain, you're like, oh my gosh, there it is again. And I think not addressing something or avoiding something could be a really big energy drain. Absolutely. I mean, I think there's lots of areas that have to do with our teens where that's the case, where we just, I don't even know if it's always the head in the sand. It's almost, I mean, I'm sure, yes, definitely some of the time, but I just know for me personally as a mom, sometimes I just feel like, like I am too tired to deal with that. Like I'm just exhausted. Like, you know, I'm just going to ignore that for the time being because I don't have the energy to address that. And what kind of can of worms am I going to open if I go there? But from my own personal experience as a mom, and then also working with so many families, it usually is a mistake when we do that. Um, usually these things do not just resolve and go away. Yeah. And I think it can actually turn into more of a generalized anxiety too, when you're like, I'm trying not to feel fear. I'm trying not to feel, you know, scared about the future. And it just kind of turns into like, well, now I just kind of feel anxious every day and I'm not sure why. Right. Actually look and say like, what is making me uncomfortable? What is the feeling I'm trying not to feel? What am I avoiding? Then you can deal with the root issue and not actually have it turn into this like, ah, teenagers are terrible and I hate them and I just want them to end, end. <laughs> you know? Right. Well, and they say one of the best antidotes for anxiety is action. So, yeah. you know, by taking action of talking with our kids and learning about, you know, what they're dealing with and what they're going through, I think is, is actually very helpful. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And so then I think then the super mom power boost, uh, something you can do for a quick source of energy is to seek out some information, like knowledge is power. Absolutely. And there is a lot of information out there um, that's easy to find. I would say in regards to this particular topic, it is important to consider the source. So some of these companies like Jewel puts out information for parents, which is really a sneaky uh, approach. So I definitely would make sure you're, you know, looking up credible information. Yeah. So is the TUPI that you've got tobacco use prevention education, is that something that's a nationwide organization or is that local? Um, so TUPI is a California program. It's throughout every county in California. My guess is the majority of states have a comparable program working in this field, but I don't think that they're all called TUPI. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you also want to link to our website in the show notes, we have all sorts of resources for parents on all of these topics we've talked about today. I think the videos would be great, you know, for them to kind of sit, but let's watch this together. Like if this is something you're going to not just do, but like be exposed to, if your friends are going to be asking you to do this, if you guys are going to, you know, 
be doing this together. Like, this is just something you should know about. Right. And that's one thing that I love to tell them is I'm not telling you whether you should do this or shouldn't do it. I want you to make educated choices. Mm. So when you decide to do something, you know what you're deciding. Uh, And, you know, I mean, of course, it's not totally true that I don't want to tell them what to do or not do, but (laughs) it's more effective this way. Yeah. And I think, but I think that's, that's exactly, that's effective. And that's how teenagers want is they want to be able to make their own decisions and feel like they're grown-ups, And they just need the information because like us, they don't have probably all the, all the data and all the great information. So thank you so much for joining me today for this great conversation and needed. I think it was really helpful to pull my head out of the sand anyways and address the topic. So thank you. Well, and one final thought, just whenever you're dealing with young people in any kind of substance use, whether it's nicotine, alcohol, anything, oftentimes you can share the information and they're still going to choose to try these things. And I think it's important to remember as parents that we're always planting seeds with them and sharing that information, knowing that they have it, and then also just being really clear as parents on what your family rules are around substance use so that there's a, you know, a understanding on what the expectations are around that. We didn't talk about that, but that could be one of the action steps. You know, you might have an action step of, okay, let's watch a video, but you also might get really clear with your partner about like, what are our rules around what we're going to allow and not allow in the house? Because if your partner vapes, <laughs> yeah, and you tell your kids they can't. That might get a little tricky. Um, but like, let's establish some kind of rules that we both feel comfortable with, and you know what consequences we might have. And make sure I always feel like kids want to know what our opinions are. Right. Sometimes if we don't, we assume they might know, but if we don't say anything, they might not know that we have opinions. And I think it's totally our right and privilege to let them know. And I think kids, it helps them because they, let's say they've got a hundred voices in their head saying, do it. It doesn't matter. Just, you know, right. everybody's doing it. It's, there's nothing bad. It smells like bubble gum. They at least need one voice or two voices that say, I don't think it's a good idea. And here's right. why. And you know, the decision is yours to make because it really is, right? At 15, we can only tell them our opinions and our thoughts and kind of establish some rules, but they're the ones who are going to need to make a decision and we want them to feel good about it because it sounds like something they're going to, you know, that they could sneak very easily and into right. And, uh, yeah, the fear of getting caught is not a deterrent with this because it's way too easy to sneak. But I think setting those clear expectations is really important, especially because Families really differ from household to household on what their expectations are. So just making sure that, you know, your kids know what your family expectations are can be very helpful. Yeah. And I think you could even, that could be a, like a conversation opener too, of like, if you're, they're going to go spend the night at someone's house, it's like, do you know what their thoughts are? What do their parents think about vaping? And, you know, of course it's something they've never really thought about, but like, it'd be just curious to ask, like, what do other people think about? Maybe ask right. the school, you know, um, if they're doing any education for kids around vaping and, and see what kind of programs they have in place. And, and the important thing I think for moms is to make sure you're separating out your child's behavior from your identity, right? Like, how can I have a child who vapes and I'm still a good mom, right? That those two things are not blended together. Like, your child can make decisions for themselves and you can be a good mom. 
And what would a good mom do if they find out that their child is vaping? And here's some great suggestions for you today, you super mamas. <laughs> so thanks so much, Marlena, for joining me. My pleasure. It's In the been show a lot notes of fun, Tori. For the video and good luck, everybody. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.